Well, today is the wonderful celebration of Pentecost. I'm grateful for some of our church members who uh, helped us out with the call to worship this morning and celebrating uh, the different languages that we have represented here in this space as we celebrate the different languages that were spoken on that first Pentecost. Well, this morning we are continuing in our new sermon series, A Life of Worship. We kicked it off last week as we started to ask the question, what does it mean to take worship outside of that isolated hour on a Sunday morning and truly live it out for it to be a part of our everyday lives? We talked last week about what it means for worship to shake the earth. We remember that story of Paul and Silas who were in prison, and, and even in that dark of midnight, they still saw the light of Christ shining. Even when they were bound in chains, they remembered that they had been set free. And so they lifted prayers to God, and they sang hymns and praises to God. And in that moment there, the earth shook. God's power came and shook the earth and set them free. And not only them, but all who were there with them, even the jailer who would invite them back to his house, would wash their wounds, and he would become a believer. Their acts of worship shook the earth and invited people in to a life with God. And so as we continue to focus on worship and what it means for worship to be a way of life, we turn this morning to the source of our worship. I mean, how was it that Paul and Silas were even able to worship in that dark, dim, dire circumstance? And how is it that we are able to worship? What compels us to worship? What brings us to worship, especially on a rainy, gloomy Sunday morning? What is it that, that drives us, that, that inspires us, that, that encourages us in our worship? What is the source of our worship? I couldn't think of a better day to ask that question than on the day of Pentecost. A wonderful, holy day in the life of the church when we remember when God breathed God's spirit into the earth. It always falls seven weeks after Easter. Seven's kind of a holy number, right? Complete. Seven weeks after we celebrate the resurrection, we celebrate the, the complete fullness of who God is as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, we may not give Pentecost gifts. We may not have Pentecost brunches. But we tend to step it up a bit, right? Like the church is, is decorated with pops of red. Some of us have worn our red today. The nerdiest of church nerds even get their Pentecost nails done. I have an excuse, right? I'm the pastor. I'm allowed. Right? We don't get a day off from work, and we don't send happy Pentecost cards, but it is still a day to celebrate 
who we are as God's people, as ones who have received the gift of God's spirit, a new breath that that breathes new life into us, that ignites a new fire within us, that gives us a new language to speak and a new way to worship. But before I get too ahead of myself, let's go back. Travel back to that Pentecost celebration of the first century. We're reading this morning from the book of Acts, chapter 2, and you can read along with me the screen. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. They were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? How then can each of us hear them speaking in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the regions of Libya bordering Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? Others jeered at them, saying, they're full of new wine. Peter stood with the other 11 apostles, and he raised his voice and declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem, know this. Listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk, as you suspect. After all, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Rather, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a powerful story, right? This story of of Pentecost. And it all begins with the blowing of the wind. Luke tells us that a mighty rush of wind swept through the room. Is this the the wind of new beginnings? Could it be a wind that has come to clear away the old and usher in the new? Think about back in that first story of Genesis, when it was dark and empty until a wind swept across creation and God spoke it into being. 
The wind sweeps through the house where the disciples are, bringing a newness of life. And then just as quickly as the wind came, tongues of fire appear, resting on each person. What are these tongues of fire? What do they mean? What do they do? Well, maybe you remember back to the words of John the baptizer. Right, that's what we call him in the Methodist church, right? Not John the Baptist, John the baptizer. Who said as he proclaimed the name of the Lord, I baptize with water, but the one who is coming will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Just as the water is poured over our heads in baptism, the fiery flames of the Holy Spirit rest on their heads, baptizing with the Holy Spirit. And all who were in that place, they received the gift of God's Spirit, a baptism, rushing wind, fiery flames, a pouring out of God's spirit. The third person of the triune God arrives with power and with might, ready to change lives and change the world, ready to give birth to something new, to to ignite Christ's church and to call the people into a life of worship. Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit. I remember back my first year of seminary, I took a whole class on the Holy Spirit. A whole semester of readings and lectures and papers and studies all about the Holy Spirit. When I told my grandmother about this, that I was taking this class, she got super excited. She said, oh good. Finally, maybe you can explain to me this whole Holy Spirit thing, because I just don't get it. And I admit I had two thoughts when she said that. The first was, well, of course, I can explain it to you. Oh, dear sweet grandmother. I will be an expert on the Holy Spirit by the time this class is over. I mean, you can learn all you need to learn in school, right? But then I had a second thought. My grandmother, who was 80 years old at the time and had been in church her whole life, if she doesn't get the Holy Spirit, how am I ever going to understand it? Looking back on that, I think both of my responses had a hint of the truth, right? After my seminary career, my semester on the Holy Spirit and and more academic classes, I could tell you all about the Holy Spirit. I could tell you about the Holy Spirit who is paraclete, who is our advocate, our comforter, our counselor. I could tell you all about the epiclesis, which is the calling down of the Holy Spirit when we do the sacraments of communion and baptism. I could tell you about the Holy Spirit and the filioque, which means the the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. But 
But all these kind of technical descriptions of the Holy Spirit can only get you so far. Because there's a beauty to the Holy Spirit, a beauty that comes not from reading about it or hearing about it, but from experiencing it, from seeing it, from feeling it, from knowing that wind that rushes through you, from feeling that fire igniting inside you. The Holy Spirit, the source of our worship, what does that mean? How have you experienced the Holy Spirit moving? I challenge you to think about that over the rest of the day and, and through this coming week. How have you experienced the rush of the Holy Spirit? I'll give you a little bit of help to start you off. Right, I know that's a big question, so we need some lead-ins. All right, let's take just this morning, for example. What compelled you to come to worship this morning? To get out of bed, to get through the rain, to chug those two, three, four cups of coffee, <laughs> to be in worship. Could it have been a, a nudge from the Holy Spirit? Have you felt even just the slightest breeze of that Spirit moving through you so far this morning? Maybe it was in the songs that we sang, or in a prayer we prayed, or, or in the words that you heard in the call to worship, or as God's word was read. Have you felt even just the kindling of that fire of the spirit in your heart that, that's calling you, that's, that's drawing you out, that's reminding you who you are as God's child and, and pulling you in to, to seek after God a little bit more closely, to, to draw nearer to God, to be more of the person God created you to be, God is calling you to be. Because the Holy Spirit is the, the source of our worship, the beginning of it all, the one that brings us to this place, the one that even makes it possible for all of us, no matter how different we may be, the fact that we would never even come across each other in the world but have come into this place and can unite our voices and can stand together and declare Jesus Christ is Lord, that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the source of our worship, the only way we can lift our voices in praise, the only way we are bold enough to approach God and pray to God and speak to God, the only way we can even begin to, to comprehend or to understand or to grasp this great glory of God is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the source of our worship, the one who moves us and calls us 
to take our worship from this place, from this isolated hour on a Sunday morning and move out into the world and make worship part of how we live our lives. I mean, in that Pentecost story that we read earlier, did you hear how that that prayer meeting, that prayer meeting of the disciples, when the Holy Spirit arrived, it became an outdoor party. The small, intimate, indoor gathering exploded as all the people in Jerusalem gathered around. A crowd came because they heard something was going on. Something new is happening, and we have got to go find out about it. That is what the Holy Spirit does to us and for us. Brings with it this fresh, new wind igniting this new fire and inspiring us, leading us to speak in a new language, to speak in a new way that all the world can hear, can understand, and are drawn to. I'm not talking about French or Spanish or Cantonese or Afrikaans or Dutch or any of those, I'm talking about the language of God. Right through the Holy Spirit, we are bold to speak of a God who loves, who forgives, who is compassionate, who has mercy, and who extends grace. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can worship in that language, that we can speak that language as we go out into our lives and into the world, and it's a language that the world is desperate to hear. That through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can encounter neighbor and stranger, friend and enemy, and look them in the eye and say, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are loved You are loved by God and you are loved by me. This is my act of worship. That just like Paul and Silas in prison, they found the strength to worship. And for us, no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can worship and speak this new language. Right In the midst of this chaos of the first Pentecost, Peter stands up. Right, He stands up to declare, they're not drunk. I know it sounds like it. I know it sounds crazy and off the wall, but this is what the Holy Spirit does. And he quotes the prophet Joel, and he says, the Lord said that he would send God's Spirit to all people. Young and old, free and slave, all God's people would receive the Spirit and they would see visions and they would dream dreams and they would prophesy. Now, prophesy is a little bit of a tricky word. I think it's become falsely defined as predicting the future. That's not what the Holy Spirit does, right? The Holy Spirit empowers us to speak truth into our present, to dream dreams of the way the world can be, 
and to see visions of how we can get it to that place of God's good creation, of God's holy kingdom, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can prophesy by speaking the truth into our world and declaring that all can receive God's spirit, that all are welcome at the table, that God is love, and we will worship this God that we are set free from all the expectations of the world to worship in freedom and in truth. The Holy Spirit, the source of our worship, the beginning of who we are declaring who God is. Let's celebrate today that movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our world. And worship God in a way that that our indoor prayer meeting here becomes an outdoor party in the world for all to experience God's Holy Spirit moving and at work. Reverend Dr. Anna Carta Florence, in one of her Pentecost sermons, She said that the Holy Spirit should compel us to do something new and uncomfortable every time we worship. That the Holy Spirit moves in us to do something new, to to take us beyond ourselves as we worship God. So we're going to do that today. I'm going to make you maybe a little bit uncomfortable Right? If we didn't already last week, if you were here last week, we had the, the rhythmic prayer with the drums. I think that was new for a lot of people, right? We're going to do something else new. I'm going to invite the ushers to go ahead, and they've got some baskets that they're going to pass, and there are slips of paper in the baskets. If you'll just take one slip of paper and pass the basket down so that everybody has one slip of paper. On that slip of paper are different prayers. All right, there's about five different prayers, so you and your neighbor may have the same prayer, you may have a different prayer, but they are all prayers of Pentecost Holy Spirit prayers. And in just a moment, we are going to pray together, and we are going to pray together out loud. There's the uncomfortable part, right? (laughs) Praying out loud, all of us. And so together we are gonna unite our voices and a prayer to God. It may be different words that are being spoken, but all of us lifting our prayers to God. So that together our voices unite, the Holy Spirit compelling us to be bold, to come before the Lord in prayer. And it may sound like chaos, If people were walking by, they may say, are they drunk? What's going on? No, it is holy chaos, the work of the Holy Spirit in this place. All right, so everybody have a slip of paper? Yes? All right. Let us pray together. Begin. Nice and loud. Let me hear you.
Holy Spirit, hear our prayers as we lift them before you. God, may we continue to speak in your language, recognizing that that together all of our voices come together in a beautiful sound before you. May we be bold to continue to approach you with our prayers. May we be bold to, to praise your name, not just in this place, but as we go out into the world, declaring who you are as God and who we are as your people. May the wind of the Holy Spirit continue to blow across creation. May the tongues of fire continue to burn in our lives. That we may know and see a new thing that is happening in your spirit. Help us to live lives of worship that go from this place out into the world, from from an indoor prayer meeting to an outdoor party, where we praise your name through the power 